This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. A lot of Niner Twitter stuff has been basically featuring my week, but what, what's going to happen with their draft? So nothing super important or overly exciting um, unless you're in a, a crazy person like myself. I, I was talking to Stefania Bell today, and she's you know looking at it too because she's a Niners fan. And I mentioned to you, I was like, I think Dalton's kind of stressed out about this pick because you traded up and he really did not want Mac Jones. I don't know if I told her you didn't want Mac Jones, but that you were stressing out about the pick. And now if you look at like a lot of mock drafts, that's who most people assume they're taking. Well, that's been, that was reported from the very beginning. I wasn't sure what to believe, but yeah, now it's like minus 350 in the market or something. So it seems there's been some later Trey Lance talk and I'm, um, I, I, I believe that they share an agent. So I don't know how much that is just to try to pump up their other client. It's draft stock. So um, I, I don't know exactly what to believe, but yes, it clearly looks like Mac Jones was Kyle Shanahan's guy from the very beginning. And um, it's just odd that, you know, originally he was mocked to go late first. If that Niners sat at 12, I said, Ooh, I they're definitely interesting. A guy that's seemingly ready, maybe a backup plan if Garoppolo gets hurt again. Um, and then him trading three first rounders to move up and um, taking him. If, if Justin Fields didn't exist, maybe I wouldn't you know care as much, but, I've yet to hear really any negatives toward him other than esoteric things. And maybe like, I don't, maybe his arm angle or something won't, won't translate, but um, the, the dual threat certainly seems like to me to be is the way the NFL is going and, and to go into getting a, another version of Jimmy G um, to trade all that capital just does not. And then trade away. Jimmy G just seems super odd to me and Niner fan base is in upfall just going crazy behind the scenes. And they, they actually took an odd tactic and actually had a press conference yesterday um, and, and Shanahan was super defensive and basically laid the breadcrumbs that it's clearly going to be Mac Jones. So prepare yourself, Niner fans. And, um, I mean, he's really putting it all on the line and obviously his career defining decision will be this. And the more I've delved into it, um, I'm, I'm fine. I like Mac. I actually like Mac Jones more than, than Zach Wilson, but I just feel like, uh, the, the dual threat is the guy that if, if you're such a good coach, it seems like to me, you'd want the, the most dynamic, the best player with the upside that you could coach around him. To me, it seems like your system is confined if you need the specific player. And all the counterexamples are Tom Brady and Drew Brees. And great, if Mac Jones turns into the two, two of the five best quarterbacks of all time, then I agree, Then it will be the right pick. But, I mean, you're just naming two examples is all they come back with. So um, I'm conflicted. Part of me is going crazy. And I'm like, I'm going to sell my season tickets. This is absolutely absurd. <laughs> and the other part Wait. of me, and the other part, other part of me is Shanahan obviously has more information than me. And there are a lot of, of, of stats that point to Mac Jones being a baller. Um, so I don't know. What do you think, Liz? I'm, I'm a grown man who's nearly 40 years, turning 40 years old this year, by the way. And me and my wife are just constantly checking Twitter and, and going and really, really like into it. Like far, probably far more involved than any, any someone who's considered adult should be. That, that, that's for sure. Well, what's funny is the only thing I'm sure about is that you have no idea what you're talking about. And nobody does with these quarterbacks. Uh, Justin Herbert was like a bust. He was raw. 
He can't even beat out Tyrod Taylor. He's slow to pick up the offense. Tyrod Taylor gets knifed by the doctor, and Justin Herbert is a rising superstar right away. So, you know, I, I just think these narratives are, are, are kind of crazy. The other thing is, on the one hand, you think, yeah, you want the dual threat quarterback, you want the Josh Allen. That's just another thing for the defenses to have to account for. But that kind of takes away because if your guy isn't like super good at reading defenses and having good judgment and knowing who to throw to, getting the ball out quick and accurately, you know, then you can't really run your offense. If you have Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and you have a guy who knows how to read and get the ball to them, lead them just so, I mean, that could be what his offense really needs, right? Rather than, oh, this guy's a great athlete, but if it's Lamar Jackson, yeah, there's amazing things he can do, but has Lamar Jackson really gotten his other players involved that much, right? Like Mark Andrews has had good performances with him, but is he the guy that's going to get the pass catching back going? Is he the guy that's going to get the ball to the the right guy all the time? He's just this crazy threat. It's a totally separate thing, but there are trade-offs. You know, it's not, obviously if you can get Patrick Mahomes, then you have everything, but that's, that's the best player maybe all time. So, yeah. And that's been a vocal criticism this week of Justin Fields about the progression. And yes, your, your point is, is great. But the problem I have is just that the numbers point to Fields having by far the best QBR and reads two and three in college. So uh, maybe those stats are just skewed based on like systems. And, and again, Shanahan knows far more than me. And the pre-read stuff, they did, I guess, you know, Jones is just off the charts with that. And maybe the interviews, uh, you know, he's, he's, I don't know, he's, 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 he's more personable or whatever. But, or, or he's, you know, he flat out does, is more of a football junkie or whatever. And he's good at the X's and O's. But the stats show Fields really good in the second and third reads. And, and, and Alabama was obviously loaded with these, you know, the wide receivers that are going to get drafted in the first round. And we just saw what Tua did in that system and then how that translated to the NFL. But then again, there are reports that they opened up their playbook as soon as he replaced Tua. Like they started throwing the ball downfield far more. So like the, their own coaches in Alabama saw him as the, the greater option, the far better prospect than, than Tua has been reported. And his competition has been better than these other quarterbacks. You know, he's faced the elite competition in college, whereas Zach Wilson has these dramatic, dramatic splits. And he's just been awful against any any decent, uh, decent, decent defense. So I don't know. Um, I was pretty up, uh, up, 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 what's that word? I'm like, I was pretty, uh, pissed, uh, when I, you know, yes, thank you. That's what I was when I've, you know, kind of try to, when it looked like for sure, it's going to be McCorkle, which is his name by the way. And he has these off field stuff, you know, the picture of his DUI and him crying and even some other stuff that, um, you know, some, some other issues that have only mildly surfaced. And yet the uh, guys like Fields are getting questions for things that aren't even, uh, you know, tangible. So I don't know. There's weirdness going on, but it looks like McCorkle Jones is going to be the number three pick. And, and, it, and we traded three first rounders. Uh, I know Shanahan tries to frame it as two because they're getting one back. But no, traded three first rounders, including the number 12 over. So move up nine spots to draft a guy that, you know, two weeks earlier was getting mocked at the back end of the first. So I don't know. That's just, you know, it's interesting, but this is a, uh, you know, won the national title, put up all kinds of numbers in, in college. So, um, I, I'm a Justin Fields guy, but as you said, I don't know shit. Nobody knows shit. And, he, and here's the other thing. What would be the baller move to do? We talked about this on XM today is you trade up to four, you trade up to three. Cause you know, Atlanta wants Kyle Pitts and you take Kyle Pitts with that three pick and you run out Kittle Pitts. Debo and Ayuk, and then you just keep Jimmy G, and you draft a QB next year or sign a QB next year, and let Jimmy G just dink and dunk, and let those guys just ball out. 
Yeah, that, yeah, that would be something. That's the other thing, man. Jimmy G is my guy. I mean, he's one of like three people, things I named in my Twitter profile for a couple of years. It's going to be heartbreaking to, to see him get, he's going to get dealt for like nothing now too. Maybe the page, that's going to be tricky with the no trade clause and his contract. But I mean, if you're going Mac Jones, that's the guy who's ready now. I mean, I could see Trey Lance, you know, sit for a year and, and, and just stick with Jimmy. And his problem has been the injury. I, yes, he's not like a, a difference maker quarterback, but he's plenty fine and they can win the Super Bowl with him if healthy with that roster. But looks like they're also going to deal him, who's my guy. So this is, uh, yeah, this is good. And, and this is a fr- franchise altering move to trade three first. And, you know, this is huge. Like, this is, is all the difference a franchise quarterback and make or break. You get, you do get the Mahomes and you're just set. Like, how sick the, the, the Niners took Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers, who was played literally 10 miles down the road at Cal. And that caught, it was 20 year. 20 year, you know, problem. It resulted in their franchise. So that's, that's the type of deal here. Only even more so when you talk about the trade capital. So I don't know, but yeah, yeah. I'm mean, pretty invested. If you can pick my homes, I mean, a Rogers, but like that's every 10 years, one guy, if that comes yeah. around, I know. Yeah. It's like Peyton, no, I hear you, you know, Peyton Brady, actually there's Peyton Brady breeze, but really Peyton Brady breeze is not in my opinion, as good as those guys. And then Rogers and then Mahomes. that's it. I, I just I also don't want to appeal to authority, and sometimes it is obvious. You know, Marvin Bagley getting taken over Luka Doncic at the time was certifiably insane, and it turned out to be even even worse in hindsight. And I, I just don't see any knocks on Fields, and he was a five star recruit coming out of high school, looked great, putting up all the, all the stats, anything you want, whatever. Um, I, I just don't see why you wouldn't get it. He's right in front of you. Um, Maybe so if, to eleven, if you, the Giants take him. Dave yeah, Gettleman, genius. He's going to go to the Patriots, and it's just going to be so frustrating. But it, so it feels just, you know, balls out and goes crazy. I don't know, man. Do, uh, what do you do? Root for Shanahan to get fired? I, I don't know. It's no. a weird, weird situation. By the way, no coach has cost me more money than Shanahan because I bet huge in yeah. that Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl, and he just blew that. And then they were up 10 with like seven minutes left in the Chiefs Super Bowl. And those are my two biggest bets that I lost in Super Bowls. And it was both at the hands of Kyle Shanahan. So I, I don't think, I mean, I think he's a good coach. So I don't think he should be fired. He wasn't head coach of that Falcons team. Yeah. But, but he probably he, was off the play. Yeah. The head was off the place. Yeah. Yeah. So got okay. that sack with that. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So yeah, the Giants, sorry. Uh, this could be a fun draft, by the way, aside from, from just self-indulgent Niners stuff, all these, all these quarterbacks going, um, uh, yes, the running backs won't go early, but those three guys are going to be like totally fantasy difference makers. And, and maybe even two of them do go and like the Steelers and, and maybe even the Cardinals and dolphins and the wide receivers are interesting. Also small. And I, I guess there's even one of them who's even 155 pounds. And then obviously Pitts is the best, uh, tight end prospect ever. So this is like a super fun draft for people who care about, you know, skill positions, which of course that's all we really do. Mario Puig, I was like, who's a comp for Pitts? And he's like, I, uh, there's no tight end comp. It's like I Calvin Johnson. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the baller move, as I said, would be to take Pitts because trading up for yeah. Matt Jones makes no sense, right? You might have got him where you, where you were. Uh, maybe he moved up you know, later. You know, people, the hype's going on these quarterbacks. But you actually do have to trade up to that spot to get Pitts. You, yeah, that's where you that would be, be a volume move and then yeah, you that, get him yeah, and that. you're like yeah we had to trade up we just think this is a hall of fame tight end it's you know calvin johnson at the tight end position and now we feel jimmy g can win a super bowl with this crew i mean that would be to me the and it would justify the the trade up because again that's where we'd have to go if, if that was your guy so doubt that'll happen some guy just put uh i think it was bennett our producer told me that, that some guy put five hundred dollars at some 50 to, I think it's 50 to one or some big odds that the Niners take Kyle Pitts. 
Yeah, Kittle, Pitts, Ayuk, uh, Debo, and uh, even Mostert speed, that would just be ridiculous. Um, that would be fun. But, yeah, that's not happening. They're trading for a quarterback. And even Shanahan's quotes are just so obvious. There's five quarterbacks we'd like to be our starter and basically said, we're not even guaranteeing anyone's going to be alive when, a- when asked about Garoppolo's future. So, yeah, I think he's, he's gone. So that would be a baller move. I would, I'd, be, I'd be down if it was Kyle Pitts. But um, that's not, not, what's, not, what's, not what's happening here. So the Giants pick 11th, and there's been a, you know, people said, oh, they're going to take Devonta Smith. I don't see why they would do that after signing Galladay. They have Slayton. They have Shepard. Right, right. They don't need, I mean, it's cool to get a, a star receiver, but it just seems like overkill. Um, they make yeah. it an offensive lineman, the guy at a Northwestern. They could use help on the offensive line. But if Justin Fields fell to 11 and they were like, look, you know, Dimes is probably like a 20% proposition at this point, right? There's like a 20% chance that Dimes is like a legit Matthew Stafford plus level guy. To me, if you're not as, as good as Matthew Stafford or peak Matt Ryan, although he was an MVP, Matt Ryan, or peak Cam Newton, who was also an MVP, or that level where you have a guy who, you know, is a top five quarterback in the NFL for several years. If you don't have that, then just do the merry-go-round. Like, don't lock a guy in who's the 17th best quarterback in the league. There's no point in doing that. The Rams tried to do that with Goff. It was stupid. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Dimes, again, has, I think, a 20% chance to be, you know, that one of those guys that's worth keeping. So if it's pick 11 and Fields is there and you know there's an 80% chance that Dimes is – you know, this is it. This year is his last year. He's going to be on the team. He's mostly a backup. Then uh, I think you make the pick. Oh yeah, I, I would be on board with that, especially with the rookie quarterbacks uh, so affordable. This, the contracts, so um, yeah, so it'd be very going to be frustrating to me whoever lands the fields. Who's I have no idea if he really is going to fall, but it just sounds like it, all the reports are that he is slipping. So I would absolutely do that if I were the Giants, because as repeated here, the quarterback positions is so important. So who cares? If, I, I mean, I, I applauded the Cardinals for just moving on. For the Rosen one, he, he's going to be the he's on the Niners roster right now, by the way. But um, yeah, just just move on. But I, not that I'm saying your Danny Dimes is, but um, I, I'm that in on field, no, man. I think he could be I would, a star. I would be happy if they took him. Uh, and I would say, you know, give Dimes one more chance, have him compete in training camp. And if Dimes is better for now, then let him play. You know, and if and if he's great, then you solve this next problem. You know, that you have two guys, but usually it solves itself. You know, usually there's only one good guy and the draft is super boring in my opinion to watch. Yeah, but, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. You went on, you recorded a whole video saying about yeah. how you're not going to watch it right no. with Alan. Yeah. But I like, you know, but I like knowing and once it's cool to see, you know, who they get. And so, uh, I'm looking forward to just seeing the results of it. All right. A couple, couple things. Uh, the Mac is back is a great, cool Keith song for all your old school hip hop guys. That's one reason I, I basically the only reason I'm talking myself into Mac Jones here. Seriously. What name a more scrutinized rookie ever? Like obviously, like these scar quarterbacks are were, were heavily, you know, the the Andrew Lux, Michael Vicks entering the league, but not to win right away. I mean, imagine with dra- trading all this capital, having your fan base revolt, um, having all these teammates, and then trading away Jimmy G, who the locker room absolutely loves. Um, I mean, that they're going to be expected to win every every game. I mean, Mac Jones would be the most scrutinized rookie. Um, I don't think it's really exaggeration saying that. Well, they're going to have a good defense if guys are healthy, and they're going to have well, one of the three or four favorite teams to win the Super Bowl. They'll right. be a top three team. To right. Although with the rookie QB, we'll see. I mean, if they don't trade Jimmy G, they'll, they will be. But if they trade Jimmy G, no, I still think they will be with this roster. They are right now. They're whatever three, three or four semantics. They'll be one of the five most favorite teams with Mac Jones to win the Super Bowl. Interesting. Yeah, I mean that's pretty crazy because I think just having the totally untested rookie could be completely a bust. And who do they have? Yeah. CJ Beathard. Who's their backup? 
No, they, that's the other thing. They tried to get like Andy Dalton and Fitzpatrick and a couple. I forget. Oh, oh, um, uh, oh, Flacco. Yeah, they've been not. They've been striking out getting these backups. Oh, they got Josh Rosen. That's who they got. They got more, Josh yeah, exactly. I just said it. Yeah, what? exactly. Um, more proof that they're definitely getting rid of Jimmy G. They were trying to upgrade that backup position. Yeah, I was sorry. I was looking at the the depth chart, but yeah, that actually would be kind of crazy though. A guy who's like a top ten pick from two years ago is actually oh, he's not that bad. He's in a good system. Yeah, that would be funny. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's just another thing, man. Is this, is this McCorkle is going to be the most scrutinized rookie, I, I, like I said, arguably ever. Um, so, so before that, we move on situation. from the uh, draft talk, I just got to say, if the Jets take Zach Wilson and he sucks and Darnold is great on the Panthers, that would yeah. just be so Jets. Like what if Darnold has his legit breakout? You've got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, McCaffrey's coming back. Uh, those guys seem like pretty good offensive minds. It's like I, I trust Carolina to – to just have run a decent system. And if Darnold blows up there. So can I go a little spiel with Zach Wilson here after delving into these quarterbacks? And obviously the Niners made this move knowing whom the Jets were likely to take, you know, a month ago because Salah's their, their Salah was their defensive coordinator. So I always mess up his name. Um, so Zach Wilson, like I, I said, he tore up bad competition. One year wonder, tore up uh, bad competition, was not good against the rare uh, decent defenses he faced. Matt Waldman doesn't have him as a top five prospect. He's a pretty good guy at this stuff. Zach Wilson was not one of eight BYU team captains, if you care about off-field stuff. Uh, last year, this guy had thumb surgery and labrum surgery, both in his rearview mirror. His player profile comp is Johnny Manziel. He has small hands. Um, they're, they're BYU, yes, they didn't have great teammates uh, or, or like throwing to, but they had the, like a top 10 offensive line. Three or four guys are going to be playing in the NFL on their offensive line. Um, so, yeah, Zach Wilson going to the Jets screams like the most obvious bust uh, I, ever to me. So it's al- it almost is now at this point I'd be it's, – it's, it's almost like he has to succeed. It seems too obvious to me. And just getting rid of, uh, of um, what's-his-face, um, the coaching – uh, Darnold's going to succeed just leaving what's his face oh Gase thank you yes just escaping you already, forgot, you already forgot who that dude is yeah exactly exactly but yeah Wilson man I don't know a lot of red flags yeah although I mean his production was pretty good last year he had 32 touchdowns three picks 11 YPA 10 rushing touchdowns well it better yeah well yeah suddenly the number two pick you better yeah. better have pretty big numbers yeah. last year for that Anyway, enough college hot takes yeah, there. I'm sure yeah. more on. We don't know. I don't know shit about college. I, I'm just, you know, literally just going to really look into it once these guys get uh, settled on their teams. Well, oh, one, one thing, uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, converting a, a significant amount of his signing bonus into Bitcoin. Did you see that? Yeah, this is a Hall of Fame type of move before the before he even gets started. So I, you got to like that. Did you know Saquon Barkley put uh, Bitcoin in his profile also? Yep. Yep. Oh, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. So yeah, so gotta like Lawrence already. Already winning before he even uh, steps onto the field. Yeah, gonna be the highest paid player in the game in a couple of years, easily. Anyway, let's pause for a minute and hear a word from our sponsors. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Anything going on with baseball with you? Still, uh, your team's still doing well early on? 
Oh, in one main event, I'm an idiot and sat Buxton because he just had two games and because he was out Monday with patella tendonitis. So who, and then just only played Wednesday and Thursday, sorry, Tuesday and Wednesday. And not only did he Homer yesterday, but he went five for five today with a Homer and a steal. So that that's my complaint of the, uh, I have him in other deep multiple leagues. I am the Buxton guy. I have him going multiple places, but in the main event, on my bench in a one that I'm in second place, you know, competing here. It's not that that's my, my complaint this, this week. And, um, you know, hope Giolito is healthy. I have a confession to make. I always was the Buxton guy. So I was always the Buxton yeah. guy. Unfortunately, I only have uh, one share this year and it's in my draft champions, which is like one of my least important leagues. You know, he went early, but you know, it's funny in, in the main event, seventh round pick four, he goes, I was thinking about taking him, so I took Trent Grisham, which I'm fine with, although he hasn't been as good as Buxton yet, but he's been hurt a little bit more. I, I'll tell you what I did. I had Bumgarner on my bench in my desperately needing, I need pitching desperately in the main event, and I had Bumgarner on my I bench last it. week. Uh, I heard that. that. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it's basically, I mean, it was just one uh, game yeah. at, the, at the Braves, and he was terrible. You know, yeah. It's not like yeah, well, that's a tough he, one. Whatever I mean, he does this year, you know, let's say he has a 350 ERA and 13 wins or 12 wins. Right, let's say he has a good year. You take away that perfect no hitter. I mean, his ERA is going to be like three eighty with like eleven, you know, twelve win. It's just everything. If you take away someone's best game, and that's obviously his best game. They're not going to have a very good season. Yeah, he faced the minimum even getting a double play right after that error. Basically, so it's basically better than a perfect game. Um, yeah, that's frustrating. Um, in one of the leagues, I believe one that I'm in with you, I. One, you know, one league I saw to brag about. I, I heard you talk about this, dude. Do you know that in one league with you, I have Contreras and Posey and Reese Hoskins in the oh. league? And obviously, I went heavy in pitching, obviously, but I thought that's a pretty funny start right there. Just uh, Contreras and Posey have 12 homers and Reese Hoskins. The 20 homers between those three, that's a, that's a nice start. Yeah, no, it's funny. I was looking at the standings in that league, and you're killing it in hitting. And I'm like, you didn't draft any hitting. You know? And funny. I'm like, well, how is that possible? Like, my pitching is actually good in that league. But I'm way below you in hitting. Now, I do think that's going to change. Tatis is back for me. I thought I was in big trouble, and now he's back. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. And I had, uh, oh no, that's the other league. I have Vlad Guerrero. That's the other thing is that league where I drafted all hitters. Oh, Vlad. That, yeah. That league, I drafted all hitters. Here's my, here's my draft. I went Yelich first. Don't have him. Second pick was Harper. He's been good. Third pick was Eloy Jimenez. Don't have him. Mm. Fourth pick was Vlad. He's obviously been good. My, Eighth pick was Kettle Marte. Don't have him. Like Glaber Torres was like my fifth pick. He he's horrible. I have him in every league. Like the hitting league actually has more pitching points than hitting points. I've got thirty six pitching and thirty four hitting. It's just crazy. Like it's I didn't draft any pitchers until this until the ninth round, and my first pitcher was Chris Paddock. Huh. Oh, you saw that he he what his ERA jumped two yeah, with a scoring change like three days later. Yeah, that's. that's Oh, yeah, Vlad, man, that ankle change, losing 40 pounds, and voila, he's already just an automatic first-round fantasy hitter, even without the steals. Um, three bombs last night. Uh, I somehow grabbed him in round eight in our League of Leagues, the 14-team league, in an on-base percentage league, which is nice, meaning he's a for-sure keeper in round six for us next year. Um, and I'm somehow fighting for second place in basketball, in, in a, nice. and I punted basketball, by nice. the way. I mean, it wasn't quite as like it's Do you have Julius Randle? But it was Do we have Julius Randle? No, 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 I got, no, I don't. I do have Mitchell Robinson, whom you okay. saw, if you still heard of, but he was a bust for us on the Knicks, your Knicks. But, but no, uh, I, fighting for some, it's pretty crazy. If 
if you uh, considering the sports I went ahead of them. So uh, we should finish nice in the overall there. And I uh, can't wait for this next season to start for, for, for football. But um, yeah, Vlad, Vlad, is, this looks like 22 years old. I think he just didn't turn until last month. What he's going to, uh, good luck winning a batting title in the American League over the next decade. Just what a monster. Well, you got Soto. And, and, and that park, the park, by the way, Dunedin or whatever is like going to play like just like a joke. Like he gets in Coors Field too. And it's even the other parks that they may have to switch to. Uh, so this year could just be silly numbers. He's going to hit like 350, man. And that, that's the prospect he was, right? He just got kind of fat and was able to be on a 20 homer, 270 pace while being fat out of shape and 20 years old, first couple tries at the majors. And then he just got serious all of a sudden. He's like, oh, oh yeah, I can hit like 350. What, what's the over under on his batting average right now? End of season batting average. Give me an over under. 330. That's so high. No, no, so but, high. The strike count Yeah, it's, it's about three. Uh, that'd be hitting like 325 the rest of the way, basically. Uh, I think he's that good. You know, his so uh, against lefties this year, he has 10 official at bats, and he has eight walks, zero strikeouts. Yeah. Eight walks, zero strikeouts against lefties this year, 10 at bats. So 18 uh, plate appearances. What a. Uh, dominant you didn't get 330 over over or under you know if you were just being the stats guy you'd say under right because yeah yeah of course hitting 325 the rest of the way is just you know if you look at like the steamer projections or whatever it's always like 301 is like the the guy projected to lead the league juan soto's projected for 301 or mookie Betts or somebody like that and to project somebody at 325 just insane in this environment as you pointed out but he doesn't strike out much and he walks a ton now uh yeah i'd say probably 319 and a half would probably be a like the real total but i wouldn't necessarily i wouldn't be excited to have the under on 330 by the way and as important as bad i'm sorry as important as steals are in today's game think of the difference in batting average like is it probably it's got to be the lowest league-wide it's been in a long time oh it so is so the, this that April like is would be more impactful than, than any month i think in baseball history that would make sense to me. I know the K rate's way up. So, yeah. So, there, therefore, he's like, yeah. I mean, he's argue, he put him right there. Yeah, because of that, he's ranked there. It'd be there like that at 400 and, you know, not 400, but like 380 and, you know, right. 2002 or something where the batting average is much higher. Right. Yeah. No, I'm a monster. Glad, glad to see it. Uh, nice to see it. So, yeah. So, your teams are, are you picking it up? Are you improving? Showing some uh, No, some my light? main event is in the last place, although I did start Rich Hill. Like, what I realized I was doing is I was, like, getting whipsawed. A guy would have a bad start. I'd sit him, and then he'd have a good start. So, I'd start him, and then he'd have a bad start. I'm like, Rich Hill got shelled. I was going to drop him, but I was like, he's got a two-step. I'm desperate for strikeouts. I'm just putting him in. And then I had him and Manea go. Manea gets the win. Yeah, he I got Two him. to one, gets 10 Ks. And then I got the save from Trevino, who I picked up. So, it was, like, perfect. And now I got Kershaw, yeah. knock on wood. He's through six right now and uh he's got a shutout going with seven k's so knock on wood you know i just need to get a bunch of these i to me the hitting and i got Juan soto hurt but i think the hitting even though it's horrible last place is going to come around i've got just so many bats they're just slow and soto has been hurt but i think if guys stay healthy i will i will start just cruising up the hitting standings victor Robles is the only kind of really bad worry oh i I went in on him yeah me too definitely worry worrisome there um a couple things with burns my guy definitely gave up some hits you know the only home run he's given up was in the first game and that was to our guy buxton it's the only home run he's given up all all season you gotta forgive him for giving up a home run to boomstick i mean it's like (laughs) yeah for sure that's like steroid bonds hitting a home run off you in cores you know i mean you can't feel bad about that um, so I think it was a 49 to zero K to walk ratio. Best yeah. ever is Jansen. It was 51 to zero. And that was, it was a reliever 
Um, and then I got him at Cy Young, but then I realized that, oh, I forgot that Jacob DeGrom did the National League. Yeah, that's, that's definitely uh, going to be a hurdle to uh, – and then as you pointed out to me, my guy Otani, my MVP, those odds have gone way up, although he has not looked exactly great on the mound. Um, uh, his uh, odds are now he's what, one of the three or four biggest favorites. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, because – if he, you know, he's hitting so well right now. He's got like seven, eight home runs. If he ends right. up with like thirty-eight home runs and bats like two eighty-five with you know hundred and a hundred with fifteen steals, yeah. and then he's even got like six wins and like hundred and ten yeah. strikeouts and like a four ERA, they're just gonna give it to him because it's so ridiculous. They're just gonna give it to him unless the only way that wouldn't happen is if Trout has like a twelve hundred OPS and is obviously the best player in baseball, or if. I mean, Vlad is kind of a danger too. If Vlad hits 375 when the league average is 240 at the end of the year, yeah. you're going to have, it's going to be hard not to give it to him too. Yeah, no doubt. Fun to see though. Happy to see uh, Otani. Don't start. forget Buxton. You know, Buxton, this guy might hit 40 home runs and, and play not just gold glove center field, but like the best defensive player in baseball while, you know, hitting 40 home runs. Yeah, he is really good offensively. No way he has the the games played, though. He's already dealing with nagging stuff. But, yeah, and Monster, he had led the MLB in the home runs for plate appearance last year. So, yeah, he's stealing today, too. I love to see that. So, yeah, okay. I wouldn't mind Buxton being the reason I don't win the Otani for MVP bet, believe me. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, yeah, so what uh, – all right, so you're, you're, um, you're not doing well then in the, the, Just the main event. event. But at least the one. Everything yeah. else is middle, and then Tout is good. My top team – here's one thing that I did right – Never pay for catchers. And you got Posey and just is killing it. I, I got Posey in the, in the staff keeper league, but it's totally random. You know, I've got Narvaez in a league. Like, okay, he's good. A couple leagues. I picked up in Carson in, Kelly. Yeah. Um, how about Wilson Ramos has six homers. I, in AL yeah. Tout, I bought, I spent $2 on catchers. I spent a dollar on Adley Rutschman, who's, you know, the minors. And I spent a dollar on Kyle Higashiosha, whatever his name is. And he's like, borderline oh, starting nice. for the Yankees and hitting. Oh yeah. And then I picked up Zach Collins with my last reserve pick. Who's the backup catcher who now qualifies there for the white Sox. He had like, he went three for three with like a run the other day and like two bucks in an AL only league. I've got two catchers. You know, one of them plays twice a week and actually isn't a hitter. He's not just a catcher. And the other one is the Yankees backup. Who's now maybe the starter in a great lineup. And seems like he's an all right hitter too. Just, there's just no point in paying for any of those guys. Yeah, I have Sanchez in the beat Jeff Erickson, and not good. It looks like uh, your guy's going to play. He was already uh, Garrett Cole's personal catcher, and now he'll, he's like a good pitch framer, too. Sanchez is horrible. Sanchez is batting like 190-something since 2018 or something. It's, it's really bad. Um, yeah, it's bad. I, I thought he might bounce back. I kind of shied away from him after getting him early, but he, I, he's droppable, right? In two-catcher leagues even now, maybe? I mean, I'm probably going to have to do that. Yeah, I, yeah, in the 12, maybe. I don't know. There's so much upside. He could hit 40 home runs, too. That's the crazy thing. But his batting average is a real drag. And in this environment, it's going to be even worse. So Anyway, love to see Buxton. Love to see Otani. Love to see, uh, love to see it. But, um, yeah. So what else is going on, Liz? What, let's move on from sports. What else is going on in the world? Well, last week, we went into a lot of detail about the whole uh, Twitter back and forth. And it's mostly died down, though. I, I'm keeping it alive just mentioning it now and then. And I feel like, I feel like I did my job more or less. Like my, my point was just like, first of all, don't attack me. Don't try to harm me in real life. But it's also just to deter that, right? Like, I feel like, I don't know if, if, I don't know what other people think. I mean, I know what the people who DM me think, but I hope people watching the whole thing 
take away from this like, ooh, that would be pretty embarrassing to be caught like trying to call for someone's job over a tweet I disagreed with. I, I would never, that's a really dumb thing to do. You know, just like it makes it just something that you just don't do that. That's what I'm hoping. So that, you know, obviously it's a big, it's a big world and people are still scared to speak their mind, but that at least in our little world, that if you, if you thought it was cool to pile on and like tattletale, even if you are a total uh, nutless coward and, and want to do that, you just don't do it out of, uh oh, what if somebody calls me out for it? Because that's pretty embarrassing. That's my, that's kind of my end goal for the whole thing. And I, and I hope that, I hope in some measure I achieve that. And, and people are like, oh, no, that's just horribly embarrassing to do that. Yeah, I did see you uh, adding to the, to the, to the tweets. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know what to add. Um, I hope, uh, hope they, I'm not for that either. Uh, man, the other, it's funny too, though, this last week, it's just becoming more and more what started all this controversy. It's more, not just the bigger outlets, like I said, putting it out, but now like Rogan's getting in trouble for, for talking about vaccinations and, and, and um, the CDC's come out with all the, 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 the mask thing, basically saying, you know, that outdoors it's, it's fine in, in, unless you're at the large arctic gathering. So I don't know, but anyway, well, do you have any more yeah. further thoughts on that? I, I don't want to get into specifics of it because I don't really care. I want to live my life according to what I think is correct. Yeah. Actually yeah. going on. And I don't, I, I think everybody should do the same. And I know people are genuinely more nervous than others. And I think people are also being misled by the media and by other people who have a stake in, keeping this going or controlling a narrative or whatever. I don't, it's not, it doesn't even matter why, but I'm still creeped out. You know, I'm creeped out by the way people are signaling about how they behave about this. Like who gives a shit? If, if you're worried about something, then take the precautions that you deem necessary for yourself and your family. That's it. I, you know, the signaling and this making it into a tribal thing and a, and a, a signifier of what you support and what you stand for that creeps me out. That makes me ill. You don't need to signal to anybody. If you're worried about going into a subway or something, you're not ready yet, fine, don't do it. That's completely you're right. You want to stay home? You want to wear five masks? Fine. Of course you're allowed to do that. Why shouldn't you wear five masks? But you start to like signal and it's like, oh, I'm the kind of guy, oh, I'm the five mask guy. Yeah, super virtuous. Oh, you're the no mask guy. Ooh, you must, you must believe all these other bad things. And I feel like we're outsourcing our health, our immune system, our, um, our well-being. And so, you know, I, I, and I, I don't know, this, this guy I follow, uh, Zuby, he's just like a musician guy. He's pretty good on Twitter. And he, he was saying that like it's now a right, it's considered a right-wing talking point to boost your immune system and get into shape. Like, oh, that's the right wing. And, and I, I don't know if that's true, but that's like absurd. Like, oh, it's, oh no, my tribe doesn't get in shape. My t- tribe says witty stuff on Twitter and eats Doritos and then does whatever big pharma tells me to do uh, for every possible disease I might get. I let the medical system, I trust in science, man. I don't eat, you know, I'll eat Doritos, but I trust in science. No, you don't. Have you ever researched what Doritos, what's in Doritos and what it does to you and that kind of food? I mean, no, you don't, you don't know shit about science. You know, you're doing something that's harmful to you and you're outsourcing your health to the system, which doesn't care about you. And so, you know, he said that, I don't know if it's a right wing talking point, but I'll tell you in some of that Twitter back and forth last week, a couple guys were like, you know, they were saying something like, I can't remember, but like trust Fauci or trust this person. And I was like, dude, do your own research. Like look, look at outdoor spread and do your own research. And then they did that. Like, you know, when you write in half lowercase, half capital letters, do your own research. Like that's something mockable. Like, you know, that's a right wing talking point too. do your own research, decide for yourself. 
be responsible for your own life. That's somehow of a, a, a talking point. So, you know, really it's, horrible. Just like, it's yeah. horrible, man. This is obviously basic stuff. You know, anybody who's lived a life, have done anything like you're like, of course you need to, you need to be, take care of your family. You need to take care of your professional responsibilities at your job. You need to take care of your health, your finances. These are just basic things. Like, and I don't know why that's controversial to, and sorry, I know I'm rambling a bit, but the other thing is we, we know a lot about our personal situation. Like I know a lot about my life and like what I like and what Sasha likes and what Heather likes. And so I can, I have a bet, I'm much better at deciding like how to treat Sasha or Heather than like the state would be because they don't really know Heather or Sasha. But like, I don't know necessarily what's best for all of society and society doesn't know what's best for me. We know we're, you see what I'm saying? Like we're all uniquely in a way that nobody else in the world is knowledgeable about our own circumstances. Yeah. And you got to love the defense for Fauci even after it was revealed that, you know, he knowingly misled the public telling everyone not to wear the, the uh, masks originally. Um, yeah. Uh, I hear you on, on all that. Uh, the, the well, mocking well, well, of- I'm trying to build on this case. So I'm saying like, you, do you get what I'm saying that you Dalton Del Don know more about your circumstances and your Absolutely, kids? Absolutely. Yes. yes Circum- okay. Nobody else in the yeah, world yeah. knows your circumstances, yeah, okay. right? So yes, like you have yeah. your own particular wants and your family does, and you do your best to make it work. Yeah. And like, okay. if I tell you what to do, I have no knowledge. I very, I have a teeny bit of knowledge because I'm a friend of yours, but I don't have, you know. And then someone who doesn't know you has even less knowledge than I do. But n- nobody has sure. even close to the knowledge that you have about your situation, about what you should do, about your health, right. your risks, all these things. Okay. So basically, human beings, if we all just kind of take care of our our families and ourselves and our professional responsibilities, and in your local community, I mean, right? You want like support the restaurant down the street. Make sure, you know, you pick up your dog shit when you walk your dog, you know, things like that that is respectful for your local area. Then everybody does that. We're all kind of looking out for what we know and making our lives better, painting our own house, making our house better, being good in the neighborhood, you know, saying hello to your neighbors, whatever. And everybody collectively doing that, you know, ends up bringing about a lot of prosperity and happiness and good for everybody. The collective is happy. Because we're all, the experts are doing what they're expert at, which is your own lives. Not no one else who doesn't know shit is meddling with some grand plan for you and your family. They don't know your family. Okay. So there's this utilitarianism that is somehow, it's like a virus itself that's leaked into the elites and the ruling class that thinks, oh, no, 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 we need to balance out what's best for everybody, the collective. And so this fucking virus, some asshole leaks this virus at best. And it's a problem, you know, it's a, people are getting sick, people are dying. And now everybody's being trained to think like there's some sort of central planning ruling class person that needs to plan for everybody else. Oh, no, no, no. Everybody has to wear a mask. Everybody has to keep me safe. Now we're saying what society should do. I'm going to tell you what you should do, where you can go, when you can leave your house, you know, whether you should wear a mask, whether you shouldn't wear a mask. This is uh, a pathology where people, instead of thinking, well, how do I handle my responsibilities as a human being? Start saying, how can I fix the world? Right? And so it's not just the Bill Gates is going around the world and fixing the world according to their own vision for it, their own preferences, and government people doing that. But it's each person on Twitter thinking there, and they basically, because they have no expertise to fix the world, because nobody does, everybody's just good at doing their thing, which they know about, and collectively, the world is a just, a more just, it's not just, there's always going to be you know, horrible things, but a more just and a more happy place 
because at least people are, have self-determination to a great extent. And stop trying to meddle in everybody else's life. Um, but, we're, but the revert, not only are they meddling, the government's meddling in our life to an unprecedented extent that violates the Constitution. The president gets elected. He swears an oath not to defend the country of the United States, not to be on team good. He swears an oath to the Constitution of the United States. And it's not constitutional to say, oh, well, if you're vaccinated, you can go outside. If you're not vaccinated, you can't go outside without a mask. That's not a, that's not constitutional to say that. And yet, that's where we are. And we have this model that people have absorbed. And I think this is the most dangerous. If you go, you got to go down to moral philosophy to understand the, the, the depth of this, that the, the shift of individuals take care of their responsibilities in their homes, in their jobs, in their local community, versus individuals are trying to fix the world. And this shift in, in orientation is fucking disastrous. And it's what creeps me out. And why you see these nutless monkeys coming after your Twitter, like, oh, I got to fix this. This guy doesn't think this. Oh my God, he's doing damage to the whole world. That's, it's, it's a pathology. Okay, what are some real life examples of it happening? Well, I, you know, just one is that Twitter thing where people aren't, they're not trying to debate you, which I think is fine. I think, you know, convincing people having discourse is taking care, you know, you're convincing people, but you're, you're not running their lives. You're giving them a back and forth. You're giving them a discussion. Uh, you know, an earnest discussion is good. But people, you know, trying to force you to stop saying stuff, trying to say what you can say. People advocating for lockdowns. And now my... my I, admit it on, I admit it on this podcast, my hands, remember, like I washed my hands so much that yeah, I got them yes. wrong. No, I was, I was yeah. you know, again, I, I think when you don't know and you hear reports and again, like the media lies all the time, they lie about everything. But, you know, it was worldwide and you know you, you, you take precautions and that's what i did i was like okay i don't want to stay home all day but i'm going to take precautions but now i've got more information i feel like okay and plus i tested positive for antibodies and it's just been enough's enough you know it's been 13 14 months and i'm just going to live my life and i encourage people to do the same and if you're fearful you definitely should stay home or wear a mask if you think it helps or get you know vaccinated and do all the things you, because you know what's important to you, right? And, and so, but I think the scary thing isn't COVID anymore. I think the scary thing is this sort of um, totalitarian mentality. And, and I think it's, I think some people believe it, but it's a small amount. And there's just a lot of fear and a lot of um, bullying going on. Governments like control. They like power. It's just people, politicians go into politics to have power, and this is just an incredible opportunity for power. There's in the U.S., which is ostensibly was a free country, you just couldn't get that much power over the citizens as the government got in the last year. It was just not a possible way thing. Right after 9/11, it had quite a bit of power to do things. And of course, we launched a war in Iraq. And if you said anything about that, if you were like, I don't know if we should be going to Iraq, and I don't really believe uh, Saddam and Al Qaeda, people would be, you're a traitor. You know, you're against the war. What do you mean? I don't, you, we need to go to this war. This is the, you know, mm-hmm. and at least, and then, you know, that was real, right? There was terrorism. 9/11 happened. That was a real thing. Just like COVID is a real thing. There are people dying. It's a real thing. But shutting up the dissent and then rushing off to have a crazy overreaction to it, which cost us, you know, five, you killed half a, half a million human beings and then bankrupted, you know, the U.S., like $6 trillion, maybe more in expenditures. It's like, wait a second, that was a horrible overreaction to a real problem. And I feel like we're doing exactly the same thing. Uh, circling back. So I found it easier to question Bill Gates once I found out he lives on Diet Cokes and regularly eats McDonald's. 
Um, and secondly, like I, he and Trump I, have like the same diet coincidentally. Secondly, not to get too much more into the math thing, but I just I want to push back on you a little bit, saying, how do you know this, exactly the motivation though? To you know, like not everyone is wearing it for like the signaling reasons, obviously, but maybe not even necessarily for their own health too. Just maybe just trying to be, you know, uh, just whatever, considerate or whatever. I know that you wrote about empathy. So kind of, I guess it kind of further go on that. So like, is that, that would be my counter to you. Cause I mean, that's personally maybe it would, would consider myself if I were in a situation, you know, I, I don't think I would need it, but maybe I would in, in a certain situation. So what would you say to that? Okay, well, let's talk about that. And in so, no way signaling. I mean, you know, I mean, in well, no way like okay, me, like I want to look right. I just personally would rather make them feel more comfortable or whatever and just whatever and, and just, you know, just roll with it. Okay, so let's talk about what you're actually doing rather than what you tell yourself you're doing. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> so uh, so no, you're, you're okay. saying that, you know, okay. you want to do it to be considerate or I, what was the word you used? Considerate or you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I, I think it was one I, other word. Yeah. But I, you know, some people use the word empathy and I think they synonymous. I think you're all saying the yeah, same thing. Sure. So I don't do it out of compliance, out of loyalty to the state. I do it because, you know, I, I see this person, they're obviously, they're probably scared. They might be scared if I don't have a mask. So I want to make them feel comfortable. It's just to be nice, you know, to be courteous. Yes. And yes. that sounds good, right? But like, think about it. You either believe that you are a risk to them because outdoor spread at distance is the thing. Okay, and then you put on the mask. That's not who I'm talking about. That's, okay, you're doing that because you're worried, okay? I'm talking about people who agree with what I think is the science, but as I know people disagree, that outdoor spread of distance is just not a thing. So let's say, you, you, I mean, that sounds like what you are. So why are you wearing the mask? You want them to feel comfortable, but you don't think that their fears are rational. You think they're irrational, Right. Yeah. Okay. So you're not making definitely making this about me. I was trying to make it more hypothetical, but yeah, I'm I'm more of a one. Uh, it doesn't have to be you. It all depends. It doesn't have sure. to be you. Sure. It doesn't have to be you. Sure. Sure. One. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just make okay. it. Keep it hypothetical. Yeah. It's it's not personal. It I sometimes wear it like at school pickup outside, even though it's ridiculous. But it's the rule. You know, that's what I'm. I, it doesn't need to be yeah. personal. It doesn't mean oh I'm you know I'm that's that's why these nutless monkeys too. It's like it's not about you. It's it's a I'm saying something about human behavior it's who gives a shit i mean i don't care what your behavior is at all what i'm saying is let's say one agrees that outdoor spread at distance is not a thing okay and Mm -hmm. they're wearing a mask outdoors despite thinking that so and if you say well i'm trying to be nice to the other person who doesn't agree that it's not a thing so what you're saying is you think they have an irrational fear so they're putting this piece of cloth over their face and not able to breathe in the fresh air obviously everyone say everyone some this guy on this portuguese lesson i took uh he said his wife has bad allergies and she likes the mask because it, she doesn't have the allergies now because the mask prevents her allergies and you can't just wear a mask you know before covid and not look like a freak so she likes the mask but barring that very uh sure. exceptional example people do not like masks they want to breathe in fresh air i hate wearing a mask so they're like you have an irrational fear that's making you unable to enjoy this beautiful day and breathe in fresh air and so what am I going to do? I'm going to uh, actually, instead of helping you get over that fear by just seeing people walk around and be themselves and enjoy the day, I'm going to put a mask on and ruin my day, ruin my ability to breathe in the fresh air and pretend like your fear is very valid. And you're enabling. You're, you're enabling. enabling. You're enabling. You're, you're enabling. But why are you enabling? Okay, so, yeah. so A, it's not nice to them, right? What they need to do is see everybody stop wearing masks. Freak out, stay home, go out and realize, oh shit, maybe I'm crazy, I gotta get over this, okay? That's what they need to do. If, if I'm correct, and I believe I'm correct, so you know, this is my belief. But what I'm saying is, 
Okay, so you're enabling. You're not doing something nice. It's not nice to them. You're not helping them. Okay, you're keeping them comfortable, but you're not really helping them deal with this irrational fear. Not that you have to, but I'm just saying don't act like you're doing them a favor because you're doing the opposite. Second, why are you doing it if it's not helpful to them? What is your actual motive? I don't know. What do you, what you answer? Your motive, in my opinion, is because you don't want them to be angry with you. It's not about them. Okay. You don't want them to be like, police, you look at this. care how they look feel at about scary, you. Sure. Sure. scary, evil man and give you a dirty look. You're a sure, COVID yeah. spreader. You don't care about your fellow citizen. You don't care about society, the greater good. You're not a good utilitarian. You're a selfish, evil person. You know, you're a trumper. You're a, this is why you, you wear it, to signal. It's a signal of who you are that they don't have to look at you and be like, oh, one of those fucking trumpers. That's right. why you wear it. No. It's not to be empathetic. It's not that, that shit people tell themselves because they want to, they don't dare be a trumper, you know? It's like, I, I had a guy, one of the guys who came at me basically was like, well, people who say that sort of stuff uh, also are, are racist and are against social justice. What's funny is, that dude was basically, he didn't say I was a racist. That, that's that's making you, yeah, that's stereotyping. In his, in his mind, he went from, oh, he made this thing about outdoor masking. And then he just said, oh, but you can see the way his mind works is that I'm in that group. He wants to make everyone sure everyone knows he's in this group. And that's what they're doing when they wear the mask when they don't believe it. Again, if you really believe it for health reasons, okay, I disagree with you, but that's a different debate that I'm not really interested in. Do your own research is what I would say. You know, do your own research. I'm not going to do it for you. But if you agree with me, but you're doing it for that, you are signaling. That's, and I, that's how I see it. I mean, you know, people push back. They didn't like that, but I just think that's, it's well, not. that's a fairly satisfactory answer. I mean, it, it absolutely makes sense. I like, I mean, I, I got, I got it. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I care what people think about me more than I wish I did. And yeah, and that is funny though, to being like, I don't want them to think I'm a, a Trump or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, isn't that, that what that the is. base is why you don't like really want to take it off and walk around oh, like that? It's certainly a part of it. Yeah. I got, I mean, I got you. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's hard to argue otherwise. I mean, yeah, I'm sure people, I know. Yes. It probably comes into my subconscious. Yeah. I mean, so that's a different way of of describing my, my actions, but, um, but it's yeah, a scary, okay, it's a scary place out there. So, man. It's scary. Okay, so has the government, as a government, our government always like been this way, you know, kind of taking advantage of, of the situation possible, or is this like a, a you know, an our lifetime thing or, and, and, and are other governments doing that throughout the world right now? It's, it's, it's yeah. How would you respond to that? Uh, I think they probably, I think human nature is what it is. I think governments and people who seek power, even outside the government, try to get as much as they can. Uh, and use every crisis as an opportunity. Uh, we talked about the fourth turning, how there's cycles, generational cycles, and how this is the crisis point, and there's obviously a crisis um, that now it is a huge crisis, so there's a real opportunity. At the same time, the ground is shifting underneath the feet of the powerful very quickly. Bitcoin is part of that. Just digit, The digitization of everything is part of that. You know, There's just a lot of change happening right now, so I think they're even more reactive than they would be. They're more, to the extent they're losing power and control over the narrative with social media and, you know, not just like three networks telling you what everything is, but all these people, Joe Rogan has 15 million listeners. And, and so the narrative is slipping a bit and they don't have the ironclad control. And so they're going to start policing harder and canceling harder and coming down on people harder. And I, I think that's just, you know, we're just in a moment like this, but I, I, it's a little scary. And, you know, my little Twitter spat or whatever is 
you know, it's a tiny thing, but I, I do see more people in different places speaking up against some of this stuff. And, and I hope people do, you know, I mean, you know, you're, you're on this podcast with me and putting your neck out a bit and people are, I, I just feel like people need to get angry and fed up with this sort of bankrupt philosophy. It's, it's sort of passed on as morality, just like the mask wearing, but it's really a signaling thing. It's really a, a status thing. And it's um, a, a way of signaling your tribe. And it's, it's pretty scary. Like the, the fact that how people are brainwashed, but I really think maybe 20% are truly brainwashed. They truly believe they truly sincerely believe everything that big tech, the government, corporate media believes they truly believe all that stuff and they really got completely hacked in their brain like they totally believe it but i think most people there's some daylight between that and they're going along because they're scared or it's just they don't want pushback or people taking them on but um, those people need to stand up you know I, i don't mean go lose your job or do it you know haphazardly but i think like you know to stand up and not enable it unfollow people who are, who are doing this policing of, you know, really just, just don't watch the TV. Don't watch CNN. Just take the power away from these people. Great if you speak out, but it's also great if you just really remove yourself from any association with this kind of behavior. And then, you know, I, I think maybe people just opt out. More people buy Bitcoin, more people find uh, their information from other sources. Uh, you, just, you just basically withdraw your energy and attention from it. It's going to be interesting what happens with this Project Veritas, who's suing the New York Times and Twitter. Um, we're definitely following to see what happens there. But um, all right, man. Well, that was uh, all well said. It's a couple good ra- uh, list rants in there. Yeah, I, I hope it's clear. We'll see. Uh, I'll have to get it in the editing room. But uh, anything else, man? Uh, the only other thing I have down here is um, uh, I, I saw one of your tweets that you year long, you were listening to a lot of Radiohead and I was like, come on, man, without even talking about Radiohead on the pod all year, you've been uh, playing it to yeah. death. So, I mean, that's crazy. What, so you, but you listen to what, like live shows, you know, I just go to YouTube and I just search for long duration clips and I try to find okay. clips that have more than like, you know, Radiohead there's, they're so highly listened to like a million listens. So I figure they're probably good. And I just keep playing different ones. I, I got deep down that rabbit hole, some covers of Radiohead, some of their covers of other people. And, you know, but I know you like radio. I've liked Radiohead, you know, since 1996 or something. So yeah, it's not like new. I just was in a Radiohead. That was just the only thing I wanted to listen to when I was working. But then I started listening to Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars album. And that album is so good. I mean, I, I knew like, you, you, you know, I always had Bowie's greatest hits and this like, box set I had of his and a bunch of stuff and I'd heard every song I've also heard this album you know in full but I never owned the whole album you know the record or the disc when I was a kid and I just realized like this album the deep cuts it's like it's like one of the it's maybe the greatest album of all time and I just I probably listened to it 40 times in the last month okay so I don't know how embarrassing it is but I, I totally foreign to me and I'm totally into it that was good stuff this yeah. is good stuff I need to listen to it more and that is yeah I'm whatever before my time, obviously, but still I, I yeah, it, it's, I was into it. So I wanted to thank you for that. Yeah. I, I, I was into it. Yeah. For sure. Uh, good. Okay. And, um, taste. You got yeah. good taste. That's yeah. just, no, no, it's so good. good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it gets, yeah. you listen more. You're like, wow, this David Bowie's a genius. But what's funny is, you know, so people started uh, responding and this one guy, I should get his handle. I think uh, Donovan Rogier, I think is his name. And he responded and he was like, well, you should really listen to Aladdin Sane. It's like a companion album. And I'd heard obviously a lot of songs on that. And that album, I'm getting into that now, like not quite as into it as the other one, but I'm getting deep into it. Hunky Dory is pretty good too, but I'm getting into these and 
And so I say, oh, I, and so after like a few days of listening to that, I, I remembered he tweeted that, so I, I responded to him. I said, you know what? You're right. That's pretty good. And then he responded and said, you know what makes that album is the keyboard playing of whatever this guy's name is. I probably should look it up, but it's buried in my Twitter. And he added the guy. And then the guy liked, liked the tweet. So oh. the keyboard player on Aladdin Sane in the 70s and David Bowie's band, who apparently you know, is like the, the guy who makes the album go, so I got this friend, Patrick, who's this uh, musician. I mean, it's not his full-time job, but he's like a really good guitar player. And he records stuff, and he is a musician, drummer and uh, keyboardist. And he knows, like, if you mention the most obscure shit, like, he know, he'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he played on this session and this band. He's like, you know, that's just his thing. So I screenshotted and I sent it to him. I'm like, dude, this is pretty cool. You know, we actually get a, a like from the guy himself who played in the 70s right, Bowie band. Right. And he's like, oh, that guy shreds. That guy ripped on that album. Like, he knows exactly. I knew he would know exactly what the other dude meant. So I don't know. Sometimes Twitter, for all its faults, is pretty cool. That is cool for sure. Yeah. And I still give you props to this day for one of our labor trips. You introduced me to the King's Crossing by Elliot Smith. I definitely knew Elliot Smith, but King's Crossing, one of the best songs of all time. Um, so props on that. And, uh, this guy well, is, is Mike Garson is the, is the keyboardist. So, and then Mike Garson weighed in with a like, which is cool. Um, so the Oscars came and went, um, uh, my octopus teacher, I saw that you tweeted about, I have not seen that thought. Uh, you know, some people pointed out when I tweeted about it, like it's a little corny, like, but, and, and, and Heather kept saying like, how does, how does he know that this is going to happen? That he's got the footage of this. Like, it seems like almost a little staged, but uh-huh. even with all that, I thought it was pretty cool. You, it's like another world, and it's awesome. The guy is like, you know, in this 45-degree water, just in his bathing suit, diving, free diving and filming. And uh, the story's pretty good. You know, I, I, it was, it, it, to me, it worked. I thought it was worth watching. So, you know, I, I, get, was I, curious. That's I, what, I get the criticism was... of it, but I still thought it worked. And then the one that we said won it. The no, whatever, no, yeah, no mad land, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yet you still won't watch Promising Young Woman. But no, I was curious your thoughts on uh, my octopus teacher, yeah. though, because that it's was on good. my my maybe list. But okay, dude, I, but, I like yeah. nature, um, I like nature, man. Like, I, like, I, I love n- the natural world more than most, so I to me, I like that, the nature, yeah, I'm, my I'm kids, into that, shit, you know, so yeah, no, my kids like it too. Yeah. Uh, instead of watching the Oscars, I'd be, be go rewatch uh, Ricky Gervais's uh, monologue at the last Golden Globes unedited. Yeah, yeah. That's that's better than any uh, any any award show. All right, man. Good times list. Uh, good stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah. Go uh, go. Uh, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Dude, yeah. I just hope the Giants oh, get Justin about. Fields. Just just that would be, be so hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. Fields to Dante Pettis. You still have that guy's carcass on your, oh, yeah. on your Don, team? Of course, we got Dante. How could you let Dante yeah. Pettis go? That guy's a superstar. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, he passed over uh, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes when they needed a quarterback. Drafted Solomon Thomas, and if Solomon Thomas wasn't there, he would. They would have taken Reuben Foster, who Oof. they took late. So, so this guy better not swing and miss here, man. So, ugh. all right. There's one. McCorkle there's one did. thing that drafting is hard. I mean, Belichick took Sony Michelle a couple of picks before Nick Chubb. I mean, come on, dude. Like, okay, so then you're trading three first rounders. You bet. Uh, you better be certain that right. I don't know. It's hard. You better be. Then you. Then yeah. volume should matter. So I don't know. Anyway, yeah. 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 All right, man. Good All times. Right. Later, Take man. Later, man.